All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Rivalry Podcast. You have Ryan here with Cody, as always, and uh, it's, it's some pretty interesting, uh, pretty interesting conversations that we have tonight. Uh, it is going to be um, more Saber-centric just because out of uh, our two teams that seems to be, um, you know, between Buffalo and Toronto, it seems to be where most of the news is. However, um, Cody does have something that he said that he would like to take an hour to talk about, but unfortunately, we're, I'm not going to make you – well, fortunately, I'm not going to make you sit through an hour of it. Um, but Cody will have his say on Toronto, uh, but Buffalo pretty much – taking the league by storm in the last couple of uh, days. Now second in the Atlantic, Jack Eichel is on an unreal point streak. Um, but something that Cody actually wanted to talk about, which is very rare when it comes to the Sabres, or wanting to talk about the Sabres at least, is Casey Middlestat. And um, if you don't know, Middlestat has been having an absolutely horrible time uh, in the NHL as of late. Um, a lot of people are arguing that he'd be sent down to Rochester, um, Cody and I have the same opinion on this, so I'll let Cody uh, tell that, and then I'll play devil's advocate a little bit just based off of um, a trade that I would like to see happen. But, uh, Cody, why don't you go ahead and talk about uh, the, your opinion on Casey Middlestat and uh, what you think the problem is and what you think will fix it. So fixing it is the hard part, but the problem, I mean, it's as – Second year, it's just that sophomore slump. You know, he's get he's not a top line guy. He's they're not trying to force him to be a top line guy. He's going to be a bottom six for a few years. My issue with sending him down and everybody wanting him sent down is he is too good for that. You put him on Rochester, he's going to tear up the league. He's going to come up and he's going to be in the same position. That's it. If he's tearing up the league, they're going to go, oh, 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 wait a minute. Well, let's put him on the second line. Then he's, he's doing so good. He's doing so – they're going to try to force him on top lines again, and it's going to hurt him more than help him. It's it, – this is normal for kids like this to have a bad year in their second year. It, it's extremely normal. Um, I think right now the Savers definitely need something – someone different in their middle six. But getting rid of middle stat to do that, or not really getting rid of, but sending him down to do that isn't the answer. Isn't the answer. Um, well, so then, then do you uh, do you move people around and send somebody else down to Rochester? A lot of people have mentioned, you know, because, like, I, I, I have a trade that I have in mind if he is sent down to Rochester just for, like, when, when I play devil's advocate. But a lot of people have mentioned bringing Curtis Lazar back up to Buffalo and placing him in there. I know that we did pick up uh, Sebastian Dia, but I don't think that Dia's in the position that we want either. So a lot of people have mentioned Lazar, who, when he's been up in Buffalo, has played well. Um, but is it really – is that the move that we want to make? Like, what, like, what are you going to do with Middlestad? If you're not going to send him down to Rochester, obviously you don't want to cut um, his playing time down to zero minutes and put him up in the press box. So what do you do with Middlestad, and who, how, do you, how do you rearrange the lines? So, obviously, if they're, going to be health, if they're going to be scratching him constantly, he's a healthy scratch constantly, then they have to send him down. There's, there's you know, there's no – 
point in having him sit there. Um, that's what the Leafs did with Josh Levo for years. And it almost ruined his career until we finally traded him. Um, he finally got to go to Vancouver and he's lighting it up. He's doing great. Um, so just sitting him in the press box isn't going to be the answer. I think he needs to play. I think they need to test him on other lines, test him in different positions, do whatever they need to do to really test his abilities. Um, if it doesn't work out, great, send him down, bring Lazar up, make some trades, whatever. Um, but this is a kid that coming into the league had a lot of potential, still has a lot of potential, and was thrown onto this team that was just starting to try to be good, I'll say, last year. It, you know, he was just tossed at it. He did well with it last year. This year, the team around him is all looking better, so he doesn't really have that room to shine. You know? Um, yeah. Look at Skinner. Look at Skinner this year. Does he look as good as he did last year? No. No. But is anybody mentioning it? No. Why? Because he's not a kid. They just gave him a huge contract. That's why. But <laughs> it, it, it's not – I don't think it's a middle stat issue. I think it's a you need to get rid of some of this defensive um, depth, I guess you could call it, um, and get a true – middle six always middle six player to play whether it be second line third line whatever um Kapanen's available if you guys want him um. he's no and i say that is that's a Kapanen is a phenomenal player um he's just kind of in the same situation he's not playing as well um we can't send him down obviously it's not even in the talks just trying to find the right fit for him. The Leafs, I kind of brought this up to a few people. The Leafs have a lot of forward depth. Sabres have a lot of D depth. I wouldn't mind seeing a trade between the two of them, a big, decent trade to help out both teams. It's not like trades between rivals don't happen. No, but when rivals are this close in the standings, right now between the Sabres and – all the way down the Atlantic, really, it's like two points, three yeah. points. That's it. So yeah. it's close. Now, this a trade like this, you know, we need D. You guys need a forward, period. You guys have a lot of defensive players. We have a lot of forwards. It would make sense for both teams. It would make both of them far more competitive. And honestly, I'd like, I'd, you know, I'd love to see the Leafs and Sabres fighting for first overall first in the Atlantic. I just love it. That'd be sick. No matter what the outcome. But I don't know. I don't I don't think I don't think setting Gacy's down down is a good idea. Period. So you brought up a couple of things, one of which leads into uh, our conversation about Zach Bogosian um, and his requesting a trade from Buffalo. By the time this is released, who knows if he will be gone. Um, and if we'll be talking about that next uh, next week's episode or not, but so playing playing devil's advocate for that. So I am also of the opinion that I mean Casey Casey Middlestat is an NHL talent. You can't not 
He did a phenomenal job last year. Again, people in the beginning of the season were like, well, send him down to Rochester. He's played a phenomenal season. Then people didn't want him sent down to Rochester. Now he's playing bad again. And people are saying send him down to Rochester. But he is an NHL talent. Sending an NHL talent to the AHL, exactly what you said, is what I've been arguing for the last two days about or with Sabres fans. If you send him down to the AHL, he's going to look really good, but you bring him back up and he's going to be back in the same position. So one, a lot, probably two weeks ago, week a week and a half ago, when people were talking about the Sabres goaltending situation and talked about um, Uka Pekalukinen, or for you know, the sake of saving a tree and somebody else some oxygen, we'll just call him UPL. But um, UPL, why why is he not up in Rochester? Why is he not up in Buffalo? He's doing amazing in the ECHL. That's because he is an NHL level goaltender, or he at least has the potential to get there. And he's playing in the East Coast Hockey League. Of course he's tearing it up. Of course he looks like Dominic Hasek and Ryan Miller's love child. Because he's an NHL talent playing three or four leagues below his talent level. Mm-hmm. Of course he looks good. I would look good in the ECHL. Mm. Eh, maybe not, but who knows? <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, like that's like saying taking Jack Eichel and and putting or Jeff Skinner and putting him in the AHL and being like, "Oh, well, they're the greatest player of all time. They're better than Wayne Gretzky and Bobby Hull and whatever." Well, they're not. You're taking Jeff Skinner and Jack Eichel and putting them in the ECHL, and they're literally murdering people down there. Yeah. Um, so, but playing devil's advocate, if you did have to send Casey Middlestat. Because you have to do something with him. You don't put him in the press box. But if you're not going to play him, if he's going to be scratched, you have to send him to the AHL. You have to. I mean, you're definitely not going to send him to the ECHL. For whatever reason, if he goes to the – I mean, even if he played horrible in the AHL, he's not going to go to the ECHL. But if if he's in the AHL, that leaves a space and an opening. As I mentioned before, a lot of people have mentioned Curtis Lazar. I think Lazar could definitely fill that role, but he's not going to be a more complete player. Um, Dia is not a guy that you're going to bring up and, and serve in that role. Asplund is not a guy who's going to always play center. You know, he's going to be a guy that moves around kind of like Johansson. Um, a lot of people, and, and, and I'm not totally against this move, first off. We'll, we'll get to my Detroit one in a sec, but this is one that a lot of people have been talking about is uh, Glennachuk. And in Pittsburgh, I don't think it's bad. He's a young player on an old team. That's why he doesn't look as good as he probably should. Four million nine hundred, which with the Sabers cap issues, or or at least being close uh, with his contract does end the season. But being on a new team and coming in midway through the season, I don't think he's going to be. You know, he's not going to have the leverage to ask for that much more on a contract. But taking him, he can play. He he is what Botterill wants, right? He can play center. He can play both wings. He's just like Johansson. He's yeah. a lot of what they're doing with Asplund. So I'm not against the, the trade. But if we're out here taking risks, and I know I've mentioned this before, I've been talking about it for – I've been talking about this guy for over a year now, probably a year and a half. Christopher N. is a center uh, in Detroit. Um, Not a lot of people know about him, but again, that's because Detroit is in the midst of a rebuild that 
they don't realize that they're in the middle of. Um, I think that if you took him and put him on a team with players like Jack Eichel and, you know, Sam Reinhardt and, and, and Skinner, and you put him on that team, uh, he's going to succeed. I think he will. I think he'll be, I think he'll be a player who's doing right now is going to do better than what Casey's doing. Um, but he's going to be as consistent as Golunichuk would maybe be and Lazar will be. You know what I'm saying? And you can get him for cheap. You know, he's a guy who's, who, I mean, he's relatively young. He's 24, 25 years old. So, I mean, you're, you're going to get him for a pretty easy price. Easy thing to do. You trade Jake McCabe and you send um, an offensive player that you don't need. My personal pick would be Evan Rodriguez. Just because if you're going to do that, you're going to get rid of Evan Rodriguez. If you're, if you're going to bring in a guy like N and potentially do a trade for Galinichuk, you're if you do both or one or the other, you're not going to need Rodriguez anymore. Rodriguez is, again, Rodriguez is a player if you send to the AHL, he's going to look good in the AHL too, but you know. So I, I, I'm still of the opinion. I think each day more and more I kind of go closer to the opinion of send middle staff to Rochester, but not because I think he needs it. But it's it's like where else are you going to put him? You know, yeah. you can't keep knocking him down line after line after line because you're screwing with line chemistry. You're screwing with, you know, with all the little intricacies that not everybody thinks about when it comes to just putting a line together, you can't just slap a guy down on a line and expect it to be okay. So I think that leads us into just based off of what you had said before um, today. Uh, so well, it's technically the 13th now of December, uh, but on the 12th of December, uh, Zach Bogosian right before Buffalo uh, played Nashville uh, reports came out starting uh, with Darren Dredger uh, saying that Zach Bogosian had requested a trade from Buffalo. Yes. So um, I don't, I don't, I don't think anybody hates the idea of losing Zach Bogosian. Um, I'm just not too sure too many teams like the idea of gaining Zach Bogosian. So, before we get into that, I want to say one more thing. Okay, okay. So, your end trade. I don't hate it, but it's a lateral move. Oh, yeah. He's going he's gonna to be great this year, and next year, if he slumps, he's going to be in the same position in everybody's eyes. Um, the Galchenyuk trade, he came from Arizona. Arizona was a young team, and he looked good he looked good on that team that's why he had enough value to be part of a Kessel trade if he's up with Jack Eichel he's up there he's playing third line second line wherever you want to put him he's going to destroy it the question is how much are you going to have to give a struggling Penguins team to get him to where they don't feel like they lost the Kessel trade. That's the issue there. So just wanted to leave on that note. But Bogosian, um, I'm going to start with I don't believe the rumor. I don't believe that he asked for a trade because, one, 
it's Darren Drager, and I don't trust anything the man says ever. And two, it's the same nonsense that Darren Drager and Darren Ferris always do with their players. Because Bogosian, in case you couldn't tell by his terrible contract, is Ferris, once again, who we've talked about and you know my feelings on. Um, I don't... I don't think it's necessary. He is the type of player. He gives up the puck. He, you know, he has more, I'll say less good defensive plays than the average, but he's still a big body. He still does what he's supposed to do out there. He just doesn't have a lot of backup. Um, I would be fine with Bogosian being on my team had it not been the contract. Um, that's going to make it tough to move if he did ask for a trade. There's not many places out there that are going to take a big body for four mil, period. Yeah. That's it. Um, If, you know, it's not worth four mil to where you're going to be able to do a cap move of four mil for four mil. Yeah. Just he's not worth it. Now – I'd say if the Leafs had space, going back to the Kapanen thing, I'd take Bogosian. I'd give you Kapanen. I need a little bit more, but it's not going to work that way. We don't have the space. I think the only team – I'm trying to think. I think Detroit's got some space. They may be able to do it. Um, it, It's going to – no, keep keep going. I'll, I'll talk about this. It's going to be very. It's very similar to the Jack Johnson thing in Pittsburgh. Terrible contracts. Not a great player. But are they really hurting you? Other than cap space wise, are they really hurting you? No. No. Like I know everybody put that that goal the other night on Bogosian. That wasn't on him. He did what he was supposed to do. He has to assume that – I don't remember if it was McCabe or Miller. He has to assume they're going to win the puck battle, go to the other side of the board, and get the puck out. That's his job. The forwards needed to be up on – I don't remember who scored the goal, but they needed to be up on him and take that away. Bogosian went to his position where he's supposed to be. But it is what it is. Um, I understand if he, if he really did ask for a trade. I get it. I would too. You know, fans are calling for your head. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people a lot of people said and, and I was one of them that if he if he really did ask for a trade, obviously we're not gonna know unless either A he confirms it, B the team confirms it, or C he gets traded. Yeah. But um a lot of people, myself included, feel that it's less about his feelings about the team and more about Darlene is coming back, although he Darlene was playing at right wing tonight. I don't know if you caught that or not. But with just so many defensemen in the thing, he feels like he just wants an out. Now, you brought up the fact of you don't think that he really did ask for a trade, um, or you're skeptical that he did at least. It is important to, to point this out. So his cap hit um, is – Five million one hundred and forty-two thousand eight hundred and fifty-seven dollars. That's a million more than he's getting paid. 
but his contract is up this year. Yeah. You're not gonna you don't trade you don't trade Bogosian. You let him go to free agency. Unless unless you really do have plans on bringing him back, but I think I I don't I think that Bottrell knows that the the fans don't like him. I think that he's gonna go for more of the um Darlene type uh defenseman that we've been seeing them accumulate the last couple of years. Well Darlene, Gilmore, guys like that that can score on defense. Scandella now out of nowhere, but um yeah, his contract is up this year. Um I think I think you let him go to to free agency. I mean, it is important to note out that when he was traded from Winnipeg to Buffalo, his uh, his uh, NMC from 15 to 16 uh, and trade clause from 19 to 20 was voided when he was traded. So he can be, if he is traded, he can be sent anywhere. He doesn't have a choice. But I, I think, honestly, you're, you're, you're going to let him go to free agency if you're letting go of the player overall, you know, you're paying him more money. And honestly, you're again, going back to the cap situation, Buffalo is not in like a cap hell, but you know, money is tight. Um, If you can just let him go at no cost at the end of the season, would you not do that when money is your concern instead of incurring a $5 million cap hit? Yes. Um, five million dollars is five million dollars. It's not really. It's it's a drop in the bucket when you look at NHL other cap hits and, and salaries and stuff like that. But yeah. still, you're. But it's big for him. This, yeah, the the Sabers are have been very money conscious, and that was one of the biggest things that was pointed out, and that Bottrell has been very conscious of is is money and spending it wisely. So I don't see how you don't let him go you don't let him go to free agency at the end of the season well there there's ways to kind of get around that um obviously if he's not happy and it's a contract year and, and he really did ask to go somewhere he's gonna go he's gonna ask to go to have a to have a part in the trade talks he's gonna make sure that where he goes is gonna offer him a contract He's going to make sure the Sabres get something out of it. Um, it's going to be a two-way street. We've seen it multiple times. Um, it, it's going to be a sign-and-trade situation. He is going – he's getting older. It's going to be one of those things where this next contract, if he doesn't pull through, could be his last contract. Um but he's at the point where he needs to get something done. So if he really did ask, I'm sure it was mutual, you know. I'm sure Sabres would love to get rid of that cap pit and have some space to get somebody in the trade deadline or get somebody through free agency from other countries, whatever, to help their middle six, uh, whatever they need to do. They have players that can step up and fill Bogosian's spot. So it, whether he goes in the free agency or he goes during the season, it's a win-win. Right. It's a win-win. Um, like I said, I don't think he's hurting them per se, but it's a lot of cap space for what he's doing. Yeah. Um, 
So I would I would agree with you that play wise and product on the ice, he's not necessarily hurting the team just based off of the talent that's currently there at defense. I think Bottrell's done a pretty good job, especially in this last off season, um, of getting uh, of doing well, doing doing good work on the offensive side of the puck. Yeah. I think he's going to start turning and focusing on defense. I mean, if you if you look at the, I mean, you can we can really get into it at some point. But if you look at the draft, he's done a really good job of draft, drafting well. You know, yeah. Ryan Johnson uh, with a thirty first pick, I believe, thirtieth um, or thirty first pick of the draft this last year, and that's the type of defenseman that you want, defense, but can also score. Um, he just hasn't. I'd like to see some off season moves on defense. Um, potentially a, a little bit heavier to take a defenseman in the beginning of the draft in this upcoming year, um, just depending on, on how the, the defensemen are coming into this uh, draft. But I, I think what a lot of people are seeing is, is or saying when it comes to how, that he's hurting the team is that it, it goes back to the conversation of we have so many defensemen and we're playing defensemen on offensive lines. Now, that's not Bogosian's fault itself. Bogosian's a guy that you're going to want to get rid of to bring in an offensive player. So he's not really hurting the team play-wise, but he's hurting the team by taking up a roster spot. But so is Jake. Yes. But so, yeah, so like so is Jake McCabe. So, it, you know, like you can you can go off and name name a handful of guys. You can name anyone. Yeah, if Hunwick wasn't on IR, you could name Hunwick, but Hunwick's on IR. He needs to go, but that's a whole other conversation in and of itself. He's gonna retire. Yeah, he's whatever. I love him, Matt Hunwick. Big fan. Big fan. Um, I loved him as a Leaf, but he's he's at the end of his career, I think. Yeah, he's the defensive Sabaka. Yes. At this point, which is another which is another name, but I'm I'm not gonna invoke the wrath from high atop the thing. Um, you wanted to talk about uh, something else uh, that you seemed pretty heated about. I had seen a little bit of this um, on Twitter over the last couple of days, but that was talking about the future. And I mean, the future, future, like 2028, 2030. Mm-hmm. Um, no World Cup of Hockey. You have some pretty strong feelings on this. Very um, strong. A lot of international tournaments are coming up. World Juniors is coming up here pretty soon. Team Canada looks stacked. And I mean, like, stacked with very young cousins. Byfield, who's uh, projected to go first in the upcoming draft. Um, So no no World Cup of Hockey for um, the the near future. this was something that you wanted to talk about, so I'm gonna I'm gonna let you uh, roll with it here for a little bit. Yeah. So he Batman's excuse for no World Cup of Hockey this upcoming year was they didn't have they ran out of time they didn't set it up. That's it's a bad excuse. Period. And the World Cup of Hockey. He announced, I'm sorry, I'm going to start here. He announced that they're going to do an all-star game instead. Why? Why do we need another all-star game? We don't. Nobody wants the first, the, the regular all-star game. It's, it's garbage anymore. Skills competition, it's fun. The game itself, 
who watches it? No one. I get a little bit. I'll admit okay. it. I, 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 if it's on, I'll watch it. Am I'll I watch, invested in it? I'll watch, I'll watch, I'll watch the, uh, the Atlantic. Am I invested in it, though? Are you upset if they lose? No. I was a big fan, and, I'm gonna, and I caught a lot of heat for it, of NHL pulling out of the Olympics. Really? I was up until pretty much our lifetime of the Olympics has been NHL players. But before that, it wasn't. You think about the 1980 Miracle on Ice. It wasn't NHL players. Those were college kids. The best players in the world. I understand that everybody wants NHL in it. But why? Let Use it as a showcase for these younger kids who should be NHL talent. These kids who are playing in the KHL, they're playing in these littler leagues um, with shoddy players, we'll say that. Give them a shot. Give them a shot. Are you saying the U.S. has a lack of players that can't go and win a gold medal because you don't have it filled with NHLers? No, you're taking opportunities away from other people. Period. Um, so the World Cup of Hockey was a good answer to that. They wanted something. They're like, well, we're pulling out of this, but we're going to do the World Cup of Hockey. So that's cool. You can. Everybody's going to have their own you know, team filled with NHL players that can go out there and compete. And it was only the big nations, only the nations that have a lot of NHL players, unlike the Olympics where you have teams that just get blown out every year because they have no chance against NHL players. United Kingdom. Like, give those other countries a shot, you know? And it, you think about it, you look at pretty much every other sport in the Olympics, there's not really many pro pros in a major sport that go and play. Right. You know, it's normally college students or just regular teams that all year long, they are training with their teammates and that's it. So why are you giving NHL players two weeks to get together, play a game and then go out and compete? boring right if you're gonna do that do the world cup hockey make it meaningful think about how many people watch the world cup of soccer everybody everybody you know about buffalo downtown at 3 a.m when the world cup of soccer is going on right packed it's packed watching soccer it's, it was something – I went to a World Cup game. I went to North Team North America's, a few of them, and it was the best hockey I've seen. It was the best hockey I've ever seen. It was fun. It was energetic. There was meaning behind it, mm-hmm. and it was a short tournament. Well, why would you want to take that away? And the NHL made money off of it. It was all NHL players. That's all revenue. Right. You did the fan fest. You had people from overseas coming over. You had a ton of stuff. You have markets you that'll sell out these arenas. It it just doesn't make sense. 
doesn't make sense. It's just another poorly pursued plan. They, they did one, one tournament. They couldn't make two. They couldn't make three. They did one. And then they forgot about it until it was too late. It made me mad. Which is weird. And I say it's weird because, and, and I had this argument uh, a couple months back. Um, hockey is more of a global sport. Mm-hmm. In American football. Oh, God, yeah. So, how is it that Roger Goodell and the NFL have managed to put games in Mexico City and then London and have been spreading games? I mean, they used to play games in Canada. How is it that the NFL has done a better job of promoting internationally? Which, which, it, like, it's there. They're playing games in Sweden. They're playing games in China. They're playing games. I mean, there's there's teams in obviously the U.S. and Canada, but you know they're they're talking about putting teams elsewhere outside of. Uh, the United States, like what, like where, how, how is it that you're, you've done so much work to make it look like you are trying to expand the NHL outside of the United States? I mean, Sweden, cool. I get it. But China, like, how are you, how are you getting NHL games in China and then turning around and not putting on a professional level hockey game like how how are you how are you not doing that i i don't i'm not understanding like um buffalo hosted uh the frozen four what was it last year two years ago yep, last year college but still a lot of people loved it a lot of people showed up the world juniors everybody loves the world juniors not everybody but it, it does it does it does give you the ability to like to see to see the younger talent Yes, but I love the World Juniors. A lot of the a lot of the younger players, so like like I just said, Cousins, uh, which was drafted by who is or who was drafted by Buffalo, is uh, projected to be on a line with Byfield, who is projected to go first in the first round of this upcoming NHL draft. Like you're seeing, you're seeing guys. You're potentially seeing somebody that you're going to draft playing with somebody that you've already drafted. Yeah. Like it, it's a good – so, again, that goes – and, I mean, NHL has scouts. NHL teams have scouts for other NHL teams. They're constantly at games. Every game that you go to, there's a scout from one or multiple other teams in that arena watching yeah. those games to see if they can make a trade. Like you said, if you – the Olympics – you think NHL teams aren't sending scouts to the Olympics? When exactly. you have younger talent, you're always looking for a leg up on everybody else. Now, it doesn't always necessarily happen just again because we keep having this conversation over and over and over again. That's just the culture in the NHL is you don't want to piss anybody else off and you don't, you know, you don't want to be noticed, really. I mean, other than 
unless you're like really into hockey and you're just injecting information into your veins like you, but you know, really how many people outside of their, their team and maybe a couple others know the name of every, you know, GM in the NHL. You know. I don't. Yeah. Like, like I know, I know Buffalo's and I know Toronto's. That's it. I don't know any other GMs of any other NHL team because the, because nobody wants to be noticed. So it's not yeah. necessarily going to happen. Not to say it can't happen, but why, why Gary, I mean, Gary Bettman is just the, the NHL version of Roger Goodell. Roger Goodell is just better at his job. So. Yeah. I mean, I really, I really essentially fail at setting up an international, like you said, they already had one. Yeah. Right. Click, copy, paste, do it again. And then it it attract. It, it was the first year, and it attracted millions. It was full. It was packed. I went to a Team North America versus Sweden game, and it was filled. Like normally, you go to these tournaments, you buy three hundred level tickets, and they're moving you to the hundred section. It just because they don't fill it. I was in. And this was at well at that point ACC. I was all the way up the top. I was all the way up, and it was full. That doesn't happen. Yeah, you can make the case. Yeah, it was done in Toronto. It's an international city. Um, people can fly there from anywhere easily. Great, fun. But do it in Sweden. Do it in Stockholm. Do it. Do it in Buffalo. Do it. It, it wouldn't be hard. Right. It wouldn't be hard. I mean, you would think, you would think Buffalo. It's I mean, Buffalo, money. Oh, yeah. It's like the NHL scared of money, <laughs> which yeah, it's, is a stupid thing to say. but And so that, that, that does bring up a good point. So like I, I mentioned, um, you know, Frozen Four was in Buffalo a year ago. The NHL Combine's been in Buffalo for X amount of years. I, I think this is the first year in the last handful that it's not going to be in Buffalo. Yep. So, um, uh, but Buffalo, because of the connection with Harbor Center, is uniquely situated um, to host these type of events. Mm -hmm. Now, we were uniquely situated to host the Combine for the X amount of years that we did because you can go work out in Key Bank, or at the time, Niagara, first Niagara, you can go work out in Key Bank and do the combine, and then you can go interview in a hotel ballroom in in Harbor Center in the hotels, um, or you know you have two other rinks that you can use um, in Harbor Center as well. So it's not to say that you can't have a tournament there. I think a lot of people just are against the idea of Buffalo right now in terms of in terms of the hockey world. Just because you know Buffalo, just unless you've been there and lived there, you know you don't really really know about the city. You don't get it. Um, but you know you had a lot of good things come out of you know the combine and the Frozen Four. Um, the World Juniors uh, were in Buffalo. Uh, how many years? I was in high school then, senior year of high it was school. A few years ago, that didn't go well. 2015-2016. So the World Juniors made a stop in Buffalo um, in either 20, in like. 2015, 2016. So, I mean, you can definitely, like you said, it's easy enough to put it 
in Toronto. It's easy enough to put it in New York. It's easy enough to put it in Los Angeles. It's, you know, you can, or Miami, you know, or Chicago, like you can put it anywhere. Yeah. And honestly, just do it in Toronto. Do it yeah. every four years in Toronto. Who cares? Who cares? Yeah. If you're filling arenas, cool. It's all revenue. You have to rent the ice. Who cares what? Who cares what arena you fill as long as you fill it? it exactly. You're filling it. You have a great space that you have already used to set up your whole fan fest, do your whole festival. You're selling tickets. You're selling merch. You're selling everything. And it's all with the NHL name on it. it, it Gary Batman is afraid of having revenue. I don't even I don't I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't know if maybe he's I don't know. I don't know. He just he, he doesn't seem to get it. He doesn't seem to get anything. Anytime he opens his mouth, it's wrong. That's and it's been that way for years. I shouldn't be surprised, really. I really shouldn't. No. But no, 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 not at all. At, at this point, like it is what it is. Like if you pay attention to the NFL, same thing with Roger Goodell. Like it, like it is what it is. It's a competition every year to see. Who, every year, the Stanley Cup Final, when he has to come out, he gets booed, and it's like a competition to see who can boo him the loudest. Mm-hmm. The draft. I don't think there's. I don't think there's any. Yeah, the draft. He, he booed anytime he's seen. They boo the shit out of him. Why? And then he's going to lose your money by not doing what he's supposed to do, set up these international tournaments or set up anything. And his answer is the all-star game, another one. I don't know if he's actually doing another one or just moving the all-star to before the season or what. But we've had that talk. Get rid of the all-star game. Do a tournament in the middle of the season. Do something. Change it up. It's or don't do it. Don't do anything. Shorten the season, or do it like the NFL does for teams with bye weeks. Just give them that week off. Yeah, it's rest. I I don't like I said. I think the All Star Game. It's a fun little week. gives gives everybody you know a little break in the middle of the season, and. Great, cool. But really, who cares? Like you said, the skills competition is cool. I think if they did some, uh, instead of doing like the, the divisions, if you did some like three on three hockey, guys from I, different, or if you did something cool like in, in like in NHL, like if you develop like a money puck type thing and you ah, one goal is counts for two, like if you did fun stuff where it's legitimately fun, like. For them, this is supposed to be like these are the best players in the NHL, if not in the hockey world. Yeah. Now you're going to go make them work. The only all-star game I can remember actually watching and actually caring about was when it was still two teams and they did the draft. They had everybody in there, had two captains, and they did a draft. It's phenomenal. 
It was great. It was fun. It was fun to watch. You watch the draft, you watch the skills competition, and you watch the game. But right now, with this divisional nonsense, divisions don't really don't really have much of competition between each other. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like unless you're in a wild card spot, you don't really care what the other teams are doing in the divisions. Not even like you like like we like we said before. The Atlantic is where the majority of the the, the teams have been where the majority of the talent goes. You know, it's kind of like the the westward expansion. All the teams that are out west are not the teams that were there on the east. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's like it's like nah, if you're not in the Atlantic, nobody really cares. Which sounds bad to say. That's not to that's not to disparage other fans, and that's not to say that we don't care about other teams and and other players. Like, you know, Los Angeles certainly has talented players, and Vegas certainly has talented players. Vancouver is, I don't know if you know this, but very good at hockey this year. Vancouver is doing a really good job. That's not to say that they're not good just because they're not in the Atlantic. But really it's like, you know what I mean? Like if you're not in the Atlantic, nobody cares. And that's exactly my point. Toronto and like, like if you're not in the Atlantic, nobody cares. But I digress. And no, that's my point because you know what? My team's in the Atlantic, your team's in the Atlantic. That's why we feel that way. Teams out West, fans of teams out West don't care about the Atlantic. Teams or people who are fans of the Metro teams, they don't care about the Atlantic. Wherever your team sits, that's the only one they care about. But it, you're not invested in it enough to watch an all-star game where, oh, my division facing your division. Mm, it doesn't matter. If I like, you know, it'd be huge. The three-on-three thing would be great. Um, just like I don't I obviously don't want my team to go to overtime, but I enjoy watching overtime because yeah. it's three on three. Yeah. A lot less people on the ice. There's a lot more opportunities. Yeah, it's fun. Right now I like Wait. right now I like it because Buffalo is good at at overtime hockey. I wish that they would be good in regulation time hockey, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah. But that's not, that's not even to say that. Like, do you really care about the Atlantic at all if you're not playing a team that's not in the Atlantic? Like, if I'm not playing Boston, if I'm not playing Toronto? Standing-wise, yes. Otherwise, I don't care. Standing-wise, yeah. But you're not sitting there and, like, you're not invested in the game. You're not invested in the fact, like, like you're not like, oh, we have to beat this team to get to, you know, blah, blah, blah. And this changes the records and this is where we'll fall in the thing. Whereas, like, you know, Buffalo is just on, on the, the um, Western Canada road tour. And it was like, ah, you know, if we win this game, we get second in the Atlantic. But it wasn't like, you know, we're playing Toronto or Boston, and it's like, we have to beat this team to get second in the Atlantic. Or if, you yeah. know, like, it's, it, you're, like, you're still not hyped up about it. Like, yeah, you're a little bit concerned, but it's more of, like, knowledge. It's kind of like a voice in the back of your head. You know, you, you know what I mean? They're not must-wins. Yeah, yeah, they're not much. It's like, ah, you, you lose this, whatever. But, like, if you're playing a team, like, if if you're playing a team, because, I mean, that, that you know, that's where your rivalries are going to come from. 
too is is within your division. But I mean, yeah. I mean, even between Buffalo, Toronto, and Boston, I mean, Buffalo and Toronto specifically are geographic rivals. Even if we were not natural rivals and we didn't have major fights and huge events between our teams, you're you're always going to be rivals because of your geographic rivals. Mm-hmm. But if I'm not playing Toronto, if I'm not playing Boston, if you're not playing Montreal, like you don't care. I care about everyone in Lost the Leaves ever have. It hurts me deeply when they lose like they did tonight. Broke my heart. You guys, you guys did lose tonight. Yes. Um, I may have hyped up Freddie a little too much. But that's okay. No, he's he's great. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk next spend the next hour talking about Freddie Anderson. Um, Another, I really don't think people want an hour <laughs> Freddie Anderson. No. Um honestly I I'm done with the conversation. Uh one thing, Freddie Anderson should have won the Vezina the last five years. Uh should win it this year and next. And have at least three Stanley Cup rings in the next five years. Three Shouldn't be hard. Shouldn't be hard to do. Bold. Let's get it done. Bold. Let's get it done. No. He did let three goals in on three shots in the third period tonight. Oh man. But each and every one of them. Not that they were good shots at all. They were all right. But just bad giveaways. A quick shot. Giveaway quick shot. Not even in the neutral zone giveaways. In your own zone. Just here you go. It was bad. It was bad. But they played a good first and second period. Just then, I'm going to put a petition through that the Leafs only have to play two periods. Yeah. Every other team has to do three. The Leafs only have to play two. Because then we'll be like 82-0. and 82-0. and 0. Well, if you do Boston Bruins math, you'll be 83-0. In an 82-game season. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if for Boston the 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 last preseason game counts, but I, that was hilarious. Boston doing math. That was funny. I laughed really hard at that comment. Actually, you even said it. It's an eighty-two game season, but what is it? Eighty-three and yeah, we're not going eighty and three. 80, uh, uh, you, uh, the tape. This is why we have. This is why we have. I mean, he's not wrong. They're not going to go eighty and three because they can't. Right. So yeah, we'll give it to him. Yeah, he's fine. You know, whatever. But yeah, I don't know. Um, anything else you want to bring up? I mean, we could go on for hours. Uh, I mean, you know this. I'm not going to get too much into it, but I'm currently in a Twitter argument. But really, the question is, when am I not in a Twitter argument? Um, Same. With, with uh, the Sabres um, fan base, or some people in the Sabres fan base, um, 
about how John Michael is not carrying the team right now when he has six of the last 20 goals scored over the last five to six games. I mean, I, I, like, I get it. Not, not everybody is representative of the entire fan base, but the same people who last year and in the off season were saying, give us Royal, like, give us, give us the Royal blue jerseys and we'll stop complaining, but have now continued to complain. Even though we're like 10, three and three at home so far this season or whatever, whatever the record is. Um, are now saying change all the seats to the color of the odd and of the odd seats and we'll stop complaining. Like, could you shut There's up? always something. Shut up. I cannot stand it anymore. Eichel is not caring. They're not going to change the seats to the color of the odd seats. First off, why would you see orange in, a, in an arena that's owned by a blue and gold team? You're not. Make the seats blue and gold. I agree. It's too much navy blue everywhere. It looks dull, and I would hate going there multiple times a year too. But – Change it to blue and gold. That's fine. All right, cool. We got that one out of the way. Um, Jack Eichel's not carrying the team. Let's just – is he the hottest player in the NHL right now? Yes, you even said it. Mm-hmm. The hottest player in the NHL right now? Yes, of course. Of course. Is he carrying the team? Absolutely not. Is he the most consistent on the team? Yes. But is he carrying the team? No. He's leading the team. I'll say that. He's doing his job. He's a captain. He's leading the team. Captain, but, he's the franchise guy that we he's he's performing as the franchise guy that we got. But he's there is a difference, like you said before we started recording. There's a difference between playing great, which he has been, and in leading and carrying the team. The the um, who did we play? Did we play Montreal? And he scored like four, or he scored all four. That's carrying the team. But for that game. And you know what? And this is this comes down to we talked about it a few weeks ago. Um, people who just watch stats. Yeah. If you look at the stats, does it look like he's scoring literally every game? And he's scoring most of the goals every game? Yeah, because he's got the most points on the team by a long shot. But is he carrying the team every game? No. No. Is he getting every game winning goal? No. Does he have points in every game? Yes. In the past 15? Yeah. Of course he does. Yeah. There are all those goals? No. He scored, I think he scored two goals out of the seven that we scored against New Jersey when we played them. Yeah. I think yeah, without those two goals, you still win. I think Sheary had two that game because he, he didn't have any. I'm, like I said, I'm not going to get all the way into it. Do I absolutely love Jack Eichel? Yeah, of course. He's, he's the franchise. He's the, he's the he is to Buffalo what Matthews is to to Toronto, but he, I'm not going to sit here and say that he's carrying the team when he's clearly not. Yeah, I I think well, somebody said somebody said and, and and I'm I'm going to digress after this. Somebody said that his line has seventy seventy percent of the goals or whatever, over the last – of course they do. It's the first line. They're expected to get 70% of the goals. Yeah. I, I would say – I think it'd be fair to say – 70% of the goals. Jack Eichel's supposed to go out and get 70% of the goals. Yeah. I will say that his line is carrying the team. Oh, yeah. His line is carrying the team. 
Yeah. Which, with that being said, you know, I don't. I'm going to play devil's advocate here. You can say he's carrying the team because it's his line. He's the captain. Yeah. Yeah, he's got the most points. If you don't have that many points, are you losing a lot more games than you've won? Yeah. But it, it, the way the guy worded it was just kind of weird. I saw that. Um, but it is what it is. Everybody's hyped up on him, rightfully. I mean, if we win, um, who cares if he's carrying the team or not? I see people throwing heart around, too, and that blows my mind. But Has he done well over this, this five-to-six-game streak, like we just said? Yeah, but that doesn't qualify you for the heart trophy. I think he's – He's up there. He's probably top five in conversation. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. But if, if he continues to play like that for the rest of the season, then, yeah, he's going to move into, like, the top top two or three. I'd say he's third on the list. But, like, but you're not – Tricital and McDavid? Yeah, but you're not going to say – you're not going to say right now, which uh, he just beat both of them, by the way. Buffalo beat Edmonton in overtime. Mm-hmm. Which was, that was a fantastic game to watch, by the way. Um but you can't just take five or six games and go, ah, he's, he's going to win the Hart Trophy. Like, that's not how that works. No. Um, my point was, and I, I pointed out to somebody, Eichel is the most valuable player on the Sabres, obviously. Oh, but that? he's still got under 50% of the point share for the team. For the amount of goals they've scored, he's under 50% of the point share. McDavid and Dreisaitl are both almost 60% of the points. Every point that they've had, 60% of them have included either McDavid or Dreisaitl. Those are the types of players that win the heart. Yeah. Does McDavid have a or does Eichel have a shot of maybe going after the Art Ross, the most points? If he keeps it up, yeah. If he stays yeah. the hottest player in the NHL to the end, yeah, he could pull ahead. He yeah. could catch up. Which that's the thing though, Eichel, Eichel, Eichel can be this hot. He chooses on certain nights not to do it though, and I don't know what that is. I don't think it's a choice, just fatigue. Sometimes, yeah, but like also, like if you're gonna go ahead and score four goals, like you're not gonna go score four goals in a night every night. But if you have the ability to put the puck in the net at least one night every night, why are you not doing it? Because there's nights where he's completely absent from the ice. Yeah, there's going to be. Same with Matthews, Tavares, any any star. Yeah, but I mean, I I I don't I don't know. He's he's so he's so hot and cold at different times, and it's not like your normal hot and cold. It's just I I think it'll get better throughout the season. I'm hoping it'll get better throughout the season. But it, it, this season for him is going to be a career year. Oh yeah, um, and, and it, it's showing everybody is the player that everybody thought he was, uh, which is great. You know, before, you know, he was kind of plagued with injuries. He wasn't getting the points that he needed. He wasn't really doing much. He got a contract when he wasn't looking like a 10 mil player. And now he's looking like a 12, 13 mil player. So it works. It works. Um, hopefully he keeps it up and we'll go from there. But it, that's what separates the Eichels, the Matthews, the Tavares from players like McDavid and Crosby who show up every game. Every game, they are doing something. Are they on the score sheet every game? No. But every game, you notice them. Right. Those are top-tier players. Those are your number ones. 
those that second tier, and not even second tier, like A minus tier. Those are your Matthews, Eichel, Tavares, right. most other players in the league, Duchesne, shit like that. Um, they're just not that A plus tier that McDavid and Crosby are. Yeah. Well, it's been a good episode. I agree. Just about an hour, which is not the shortest of our episodes, but it's certainly not the longest of our episodes. Um, so, I mean, we did cover a lot. We covered uh, middle stat, which surprisingly was something that you wanted to talk about. So, um, thank you for that. I'll, I'll try and find something Toronto to talk about for next week. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> I'll try. And, I'm going to watch every Toronto game from nice. now until next week's episode. Nice. How about that? Sure. All right. Um, I don't know if it'll happen or not. But anyways, um, <laughs> so, so we talked about middle stat. We talked about uh, World Cup of Hockey. We talked about Zach Bogosh, and We talked about Jack Eichel. It was a very Sabres episode, but there was a lot of talk about the Atlantic and, and, and the different divisions and the All-Star game and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, fantastic episode. All right. Honestly, so um, – yeah, no, seriously, thank you guys uh, for joining us and, and sitting here and listening to us rant. Um, honestly, uh, we, we really do appreciate you guys. I mean, we just like talking hockey, and honestly, I think we forget that we're being recorded for the majority of the time. Um, but, heck, it is what it is. So uh, do you have anything you would like to say to the people? Thank you, everybody. I'm going to get these episodes out a lot quicker. Um, I will get them to you quicker. The problem isn't hey. that the problem isn't that you're not getting them out quick. The problem is I'm not sending them to you to get out. I'll well, take I'll take the blame. No, only reason I say that is when when there's not news happening, yeah. it doesn't matter when we drop them. Yeah. Um, but now that there's stuff happening, more stuff is going to happen. We're kind of getting midpoint of the season. Um, I'm gonna get them out. Um, we will have. We're midway. Uh, during, well, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. I'm not going to spoil it right now, um, but we'll see you guys next week. Yeah, we're midway through December. It's the December 13th now at 1 o'clock in the morning while we're recording this. So midway through December. We're almost there. Almost. We're almost, we're almost pretty much at the halfway point of the, of the season. So seriously, thank you guys for listening. Uh, talk to other people about us. Um, we really hope that it's positive things, but we totally understand if it's negative things. We are who we are. So thank you very much uh, for listening to this episode of the Rivalry Podcast.